you were in your fucking element, weren't you? Which was good. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fucking hell, that's your like, dream interview. Welcome. We are Neil, Luke and Dave. 340-somethings reminiscing on the runners and riders of 90s guitar music. We look at the bands who soundtracked our youth on both sides of the pond and interview some of our heroes from the bands that defined a generation. You'll hear about the good, the bad and the ugly of 90s guitar music. This podcast is stupid and contagious. Episode 22. Um, Lenny Metz from Mambo Taxi and Jolt today. It's a really, really interesting one. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, me too. Before we get started, how's everyone's week? Dave, is it snowing there? It's cold, isn't it? It snowed a bit yesterday. Did you get your sledge out? No, it didn't settle. Luke, snow? I did do some curling this week. <laughs> cold one out. <laughs> well, you could say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could say that. Yeah. Yeah, you said you were going curling. I, I've, I had a, a conversation with my mate Shahid about this. And we reckon, well, I said that I think that's one sport that literally anyone could become world champion at. No. Yeah. You're so wrong. You're so wrong. Literally, that, all they do is like sweep the thing in front of it. So it's really yeah. difficult. Anyone could sweep. I agree with that. Surely you can just anyone could be a sweeper. Exactly, anyone can sweep. But you're not only a sweeper. You, 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 everyone does. Does well. Both. There's only one. Only one of them chucks a rock, don't they? The rest of them only one just at sweep. a time. But they all chuck. I think it. they only always have the same rock. Rock thrower. No, they don't. Oh. They have a team. Um, anyway, it was really good fun. It's great. Did you win? No. No, um, no, our team, uh, we had four games, we lost three, one, one, one on our team. It was good, it was good fun. That's pretty poor. Could you lift the stone? Well, you don't lift them, you slide. But could you? Of course I could, Dave. Each stone's 20 kilograms. Did they slide you down the rink? Well, no, but when we were, like, they used, like the first hour, they teach you how to do it, basically. So, like, um, they, 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 we had to practice if we fell over. So we had to practice, like if we fell over on our front, we had to slide across the ice on our elbows to kind of recreate how we would kind of fall. And, uh, and then we had to slide across the ice on our back in case we fell backwards. It was, uh, it, was, it, was, it was a good laugh. Sounds like you had a right jape of a time. We did. We did. It's great. I hate that teaching you how to do it thing. Why can't you just do it? <laughs> you sort of waste a whole hour learning it. I mean, do you know how to do it? Yeah, you just slide the rock down the down the court, didn't you? How do you curl it? Spin it a bit. True. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Update on whether you want it or not on my documentaries this week. I've I'll get on him. I watched a good one on the Smiths. They really hated each other, didn't they? You can mm. see why they've never reformed. I doubt they even ever speak to each other. Yeah, I mean, why would you? I think they hated him from the start, old Morrissey. This documentary, it pretty much said he basically just kept telling Johnny Marr that he had to tell the other two what to do all the time and stuff. And when they went to sign the contract for the record deal, there was only like two spaces for signatures and stuff. And it was all very sort of 
Yeah. Yeah, I read Morrissey's autobiography uh, a few years ago. I mean, what a dick. (laughs) (laughs) We won't get him one. No. That's 80s anyway. 80s, isn't it? We don't want him one. Nothing to do with the 90s. Yeah, I mean, he had solo stuff in the 90s, but it was shit. Yeah, fuck that. Was that when he had the bush in his ass? No, that was 80s. That was a flower. He took took it out in the 90s. (laughs) It was a bush. He had like a bush hanging out of his jeans. It was, I think it was various flora and fauna. He was just a bit of a cunt, wasn't he, really? <laughs> he is, he is. Yeah, yeah. Go on, give us a little tidbit then, why he's such a cunt from his book. Well, no, a lot of the book was really boring because he just went on for pages and pages and pages and pages, like all this tedious like legal stuff about how he was like a fucking genius and so he was entitled to all of the royalties. But it went on for on and on and on and nobody gave a, gives a fuck, you know? It was oh. So he, he was basically justifying that he should have had the, the greatest share of the royalties. Yeah. So he's just doubling yeah. down on it, basically. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then I, I watched a good one on um, Motorhead. That was good. I don't really, mm-hmm. not a massive Motorhead fan, but I saw it and thought that might be quite interesting. It was quite interesting. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're from Britain, weren't they? Yeah, they're all dead now. All the original members are all dead. All three of them. It, yeah, it was a good documentary. That was cool. I'm on a bit of Motorhead. And then I just watched one that was generic on '80s music. Pretty, it was just like. They just crammed everything from the 80s in there. A lot happened in the 80s, music-wise. So. Oh, man, I hate those kind of retrospect. They were... I like them. I, I really enjoy them. No, music ones are okay, but like the general ones, there was a there was like a glut of them a few years ago, weren't there? Yeah. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. They were oh, saying yeah, the yeah. most obvious fucking shit. Oh, remember Curly Whirlies? You, you still buy fucking Curly Whirlies, you <laughs> cock. <laughs> I, know, I know what you mean, man. All like that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's on Channel 5 every every weekend evening. <laughs> really? I like it, actually. It's always the last thing I watch before turning off the telly. Yeah. yeah. No, Rogers was on it, and I just felt compelled to tell everyone how. How obnoxious I find him, but what's your beef with Niall, man? Why, man? He was a, he is a genius, right? Mm, but he's yeah. one of these. He's a bit like Billy Corgan. He knows he's a genius. He keeps talking about himself all the time, and it's just, it just really annoys me. In the third person. But he's, he's he's in a documentary being asked about himself. What's he supposed to talk about? <laughs> when he's well, he can talk about other. Things from the eighties or bands, but he always sort of hones in on what he did, sort of thing. I don't know. It's just he's always great. Well, he did all of it. <laughs> he did do a lot. It's hard to avoid it. It was quite interesting though, because I, I knew this before. But you know that uh, Madonna's first album—that's basically just a Chic album with her singing. Really? Yeah, he got all the members from Chic to to record the album. I didn't know that. Anyway. Back to this week's interview with Lenny Metz. I think it's fair to say a lot of people probably won't really know who Mambo Taxi are, so Luke. Well, um, I couldn't it. find much information, to be honest. I was I was sticking mainly to Wikipedia, which I'm embarrassed about um, this week. I managed to find a few extra kind of interviews and stuff, but basically I'm going to give you a very, very basic overview. It's difficult, man. I tried to find some photos for the for the pod art and the youtube thing there's hardly any photos either garage rock indie punk riot girl 
How does that sound? Me and Dave don't really know anyway, so yeah, that'll do. <laughs> All right, that's who I'm categorising them. Um, they well, they started off as a five-piece, then they became a four-piece, um, all-female band formed in 1991 in London, and um, which talks about in the interview, but they were basically all living in a squat uh, together, and. Mm. Um, uh, and then she she moved over from Belgium, and um, yeah, they basically formed a band immediately and started um, releasing um, singles a couple of years later. Um, also, I, I was looking around, and I I think she was also playing in um, a band called Animals That Swim. If you remember them, oh, the I remember time. them. Yeah, she was also playing bass for them for a while. I think oh, okay. at the same time. Between ninety one and ninety three, um, just when the Mambo Taxi were kind of getting getting their sound together. Um, so yeah, they released um, a few singles in uh, nineteen ninety three. Um, Prom Queen, Poems on the Underground, I think was their biggest uh, hit, although it didn't get anywhere near the charts or anything like mm. that. Uh, and a great song called uh, "Do You." I'm gonna I'm gonna check. I got the title right. Do you always dress right. like that in front of other people's boyfriends? Which is uh, good, good title. I like that. So I had to listen to them. I, I hadn't really heard them before. I have to, you know, it's not really my kind of thing. But yeah, I, I really, I did, I did quite like them. Though I, I love the videos. They're really sort of they're so nineties, aren't they? The videos. It's, it's they're very fun. DIY. Yeah, I liked that. I liked it. I'm going to sort of skip to the interview just quickly, just to nip in, because um, she mentions in the interview that none of them could really play, but I. That doesn't come across in the music, I don't think. I thought it sounded quite a, although it was quite punk, it was quite a full sort of melodic sound, I thought. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. It didn't sound yeah. like they were just sort of, they all sounded quite competent to me. Um, but she did also say in the interview that they, 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 you know, they did tour a lot and they yeah. did play together a lot and they were living together. So I guess, you know, they, they got better. No, no, quite, like I say, it's not my sort of thing, but I, I liked it. I thought it was good. I think there's sort of the the sort of band probably wouldn't put put on and listen to, but I would love to have gone seen them live. Did you see the one that's on YouTube, the one in Leicester? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Look good. Uh, well, speaking of that, so they toured with um, a lot of people we like. Um, they toured with Census Things, of course. They toured with Carter, um, Corner Shop. Huggy Bear, Stereo Lab, so all of these kind of good kind of 90s bands they ended up touring with. They had lots of lineup changes and it all got really complicated and a couple of them left. And I think one person came in that was from Huggy Bear, actually. Um, okay. And, yeah, a couple of them left and they, they formed a band called Voodoo Queens, um, if you've heard of them. And that was just to say we're getting going. So then, yeah, they brought in some new members and they released their only album. Um, called In Love With, as in In Love With Mambo Taxi, in 94. And that's their only album. And, um, yeah, they, they broke up in 95, basically. What's Riot Girl? Well, it's uh, <laughs> it was a social, political, musical movement of the early 90s that was kind of dedicated to kind of feminism and things like that. I'm glad I asked because I thought it was a band or something. Oh right, no, no, it's a genre. It's a genre, or it's, it's more of a movement, but it's uh, it's a kind of you know, the genre of music of that time. Dave, did you have a listen? 
Yeah, but you know, it just shows the limitation of Spotify because there's not a lot on there. There's one song on there, and it's not—it's by far their best one. It just shows the limitations of stuff in general from that sort of that sort of era. Like, you can't find any pictures in thirty years' time when people want to find pictures of this of bands in this era. There'll be fucking too many. Yeah, what I did find was the a session they did with Mark Radcliffe on YouTube. Mm. Did you see mm. that? Yeah, I that? did. Yeah, yeah. Which was kind of you know they were four good songs. I like the songs. That's why I was listening. But it was a weird rapport that Radcliffe had with them. I... <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I thought yeah, that. It's like it's like he couldn't really be bothered. But it seemed very performative. No. Like he was pretending that he couldn't be bothered. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they were good songs. I liked them. Maybe they knew each other or something. No, yeah, it didn't come across like that. It was yeah. it was weird. I, I picked up on that as well, Dave. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps he was having a bad day. I think he was trying to be cool and dismissive and cool. And he just ended up coming coming across like a dick. Yeah. Sums it up well. Yeah. Won't get him won't get him on either then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he might come no, on. No, That's he, no, he's not. Oh, I think he's great. I love Mark Radcliffe. He, but he did. He was a dick in that. He was. Yeah, he, I think yeah. he's great. Yeah, he can call people out for being a dick. That's fine, isn't it? Sure. I'm not saying he is but one. I'm saying did... he was one at that time. As you'll see in the interview, it was originally going to be me, Luke, and Lenny. But I couldn't really do the interview anyway. But then I didn't know much about the band, and it turned out I think it, it's a better dynamic between her and Luke anyway. There was a really good chat. I enjoyed it. Yeah, it was good. I enjoyed it. So, uh, let me finish off because so after yeah, Mambo Taxi broke up, uh, Laney and uh, Mark Kitts from uh, our favourites, the Census Things, they formed a band mm. called Jolt um, in '96. Uh, great, great band. Uh, had a, a great run of four singles, and they released like a, a six-track mini album in. Uh, 97 called Punk Jungle Rules, which I've got behind me. And just a really interesting, fresh new sound when that came out. I really, I loved it. I say in the interview, but I remember I was at university and I went to um, go to this record shop under the archway. I've forgotten the name of it. And uh, I bought a copy of it. Yeah, the first, you know, the week it came out. It's just, um, yeah, I remember just loved when it. you got it. Mm. It's um, heavy, isn't it? It's good. It's heavy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's a full-on sound, right? Considering there's only three of them. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. It's a big sound. Yeah. I love his vocal yeah. anyway on, on anything, so. Ah, I just like the, the dynamic between them on that. So good. And the other members went on and did other kind of musical stuff. Um, yeah, I said Voodoo Queens, a uh, band called Baby Birkin, you might remember. A band called The Action Time, who I I used I mm. saw in Brighton once. I don't know if they were based in Brighton, The Action Time. Kind of a retro mm. kind of 60s vibe thing going on. Um, yeah. yeah. And that's that's Mambo Taxi. Yeah, here we go. That's all I could find. All right. Let's just get, let's just get right to the interview. Um, here's Lenny Mex from Mambo Taxi and Jolt. Enjoy. Uh, hello, Laney. I've just learned the pronunciation. Um, thanks for coming on. I mean, how how are how are things? Things are hungover. Nice. <laughs> right now, I don't know. It's very boring. I went to my uh, corporate jobs Christmas party. There's nothing rock and roll about it. <laughs> oh come on, come on. Are we? 
Well, this, uh, I could tell you some stories for sure, but not last night was very uh, run of the mill. Sure, sure, sure. Because um, yeah, because we 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 can't be squatters, uh, musicians in this day and age anymore. No, no. Are you still making music? Well, no, not not at the moment. I mean, I'm sort of threatened here and there vaguely. I mean. You know, it's time, you know, I've got like kids, I've got a mortgage, I'm single, I'm a single mother. It's it's rough and tough and everything's expensive. And right now mm -hmm. I am waiting for my kids to leave. <laughs> Hopefully <laughs> soon. I mean, their their dad um, manages to put out, uh, out one album after another, but that is kind of also on the back of my work because... Uh, yeah, I've I've done most of the parenting, like most women do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you were kind of writing about that even back in the day, right? That kind of uh, topic. I suppose so. Yeah, I mean, I'm sort of very, I'm still very angry, <laughs> angry about right uh, <laughs> women's place in in uh, society and life. It it it's just so frustrating, and it doesn't get any better. Do you know what I mean? Um, Why do you think that is? Why isn't it getting better? Why? That's a good question. I think that there's some very, very deeply ingrained ideas about. I also think that mm -hmm. we are becoming more global and other parts in the world are way worse. Mm -hmm. I think, mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, you know, it's kind of crazy that I have to see my daughter go through the same shit that I went through. You know, in terms of being harassed and um, it's just so ingrained. I don't know. Uh, yeah. It's a big topic uh, and it's yeah. frustrating. I would still write about it and I still do write about it. That's 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 really cool. That's interesting, like you were saying about that, like having to take on the bulk of the parenting and stuff like that. I've been reading quite a lot about social reproduction theory recently and a lot of that is in there, right? That kind of hidden um hidden work that's done yeah 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 the, you know the invisible because it is it is a lot about the invisible work that yeah you, you even take that on without thinking about it like it's just that's just what you do and I feel so scattered you know I'm struggling to focus I don't know whether that goes for everybody in life but you know to I think I don't know, but I think men find it easier to to be more focused because mm -hmm. I, I don't remember like being like ever since I had my children, I, mm. I have I can't even read a book anymore because it's just mm. like everyone wants your attention all the time. Like yeah. even now, they don't leave. They're 18. I have twins. Okay. And uh, they don't, they never leave me alone. It's just so <laughs> Oh, that's nice. Uh, but you're right. I think, yeah, it's not that it's easier for men. Men have it made easier for them, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. I think so. And, that, and, that, and that's in terms of salary and everything like that as well. So, yeah. yeah. And so like, I've been a single parent for, you know, since, well, you know, quite a long time now. I had, I had another relationship after my, their, I broke up with their dad, but mm. I've been managing, you know, a flat in London and stuff. And it's just so scary. Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, if, like something goes wrong. You're like, oh, my God, I'd be homeless. You know, it's it, it's not something that we thought about. Like I moved to London in 
in about the early 90s, I think 1990, you know, and I moved mm -hmm. into a squat in... Um, in Islington, mm -hmm. uh, where now the um, the business no not the business design center some kind of shopping mall is there now, <laughs> and um, yeah, and it was just like so such a crazy life. It was so interesting, you know, meeting. Loads I've of got this totally romanticized kind of um, kind of idea of kind of late eighties, early nineties London. That kind of what culture of creativity it was romantic i'm glad to hear it <laughs> i mean we didn't have any toilets but it was still romantic overrated overrated i remember i remember you know moving into squats and having to install our own toilet and um but the, it was we, we definitely were a community it was a definite mm. community and it was so exciting because everyone you knew was doing the same thing you know and mm. the whole group of people around you all doing that. So I think, mm. you know, now that's so difficult. I, I, I would find it difficult. How do young people find a peer group? Because they don't meet anyone. No, no. And it's all very anonymous and online and stuff. And like the physical world is really important for a human being to develop, I think. Um, sure. Yeah. Person. If you're all living together and creating together and yeah. yeah. You know, and people were doing different things and like, you know, um, you know, people, photographers, artists, you know, um, musicians, you know, a lot of musicians. Mm. And like, um, yeah, you know, it was it was just a really, really fun, interesting time. And I wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. Um, you know, it was a really good experience. It's amazing. It's amazing. And before that, so you're from Belgium, is that right? Yes. Yeah. I mean, were you doing music and stuff when you were there? Yeah. So that's how I kind of ended up in London because I was playing in a band uh, with my mm -hmm. mate. Um, and it was more like I was playing a band because people told me I couldn't be in a band, like because you're a girl. Sure. So <laughs> <laughs> you got me in a band, sure. And I was like, fuck off. Like, yeah. And then that became my goal just to like, because they told me that. That's kind of the reason mm. why I started to play music although I, I always wrote songs even from when I was very young mm. I, always wrote, I always wrote so anyway I ended up being in this band with my friends who what they, kind of music were, was was that it was like punk oi <laughs> it was a load of skinheads and yeah Blimey. but in, in Europe um sort of skinhead bands I think were a bit different in that they were very left wing, or the one oh, that right. I was in, like, mm. yeah, they weren't like they would. They weren't doing Nazi salutes or mm. anything like that. Mm, mm, mm. So yeah, so we were very like uh, it was almost Marxist, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. But we, but they let me have a go on the bass. <laughs> okay, and I was pretty terrible. But uh, anyway, but we ended up doing a tour um, supporting the Blaggers ITA. Oh wow. And yeah. uh, we, we went all around Germany. Mm -hmm. uh, quite interesting tour. Um, uh, and then I sort of met Jason, who was the drummer in um, the Blaggers. And he was like, you mm. must come to London sometime, la di da. Mm -hmm. And then he was living in a squat with all these girls. And mm. they were like, oh, my God, you must join our band. And then I was like, yeah, OK, then. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and that was it. That was it. <laughs> 
But, you know, prior to that, because I think I was about 20 at the time, prior to that, I, um, you know, I was very, you know, into the punk scene in mm. uh, Belgium. And we used to go to gigs all the time, you know, uh, in the Netherlands, Germany. And that was kind of cool about being there because you could just travel to different countries to go to a gig. And we did that a lot. Like we went mm. to the Netherlands. We used to go to Germany, you know, France, you know you know to go and see all the punk bands so um mm. and then the punk bands used to come to Antwerp because that's where I'm from mm. and they all used to stay in, in my boyfriend's house like all of them literally yeah. all of them like <laughs> and that was pretty crazy as well so it's not like I came here and you know everything was revealed to me I was definitely mm. already part of you know, punk scene, like hardcore scene. You know, I went to all the gigs that are um, in in there, so it's definitely in my blood. Um, mm. um, yes, and That's punk great. still is in my blood. I still feel like a punk more than anything else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Blaggers IT. I was listening to them a couple of days ago, actually. Blaggers IT. Yeah. They, they had a very strong kind of you know anti-capitalist thing going on, right? And yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, um, they were they were a bunch of good guys, you know. But unfortunately, like, uh, and I still see Jason um, actually quite. He's the drummer, mm. uh, and you know, I still see him. But I think I none of the rest. Um, yes. But anyway, it was really good to end up on a squat with him, and then all the girls that, and and then the group around that, and that's why I was so lucky in a way. Um, to end up in London like that because all of a sudden I had like you know I knew so many people and it just you know it was just crazy I I never looked back you know yeah. I've been 30 years I've never looked back oh. only now I'm thinking I really want to get the fuck out of this <laughs> um is that because of like Brexit and all of that shit yeah it's really it, it really is if you put it down to one thing I would say Brexit was really a devastating thing for me. It was the first time that I felt, wow, you know, I just couldn't believe it. And ever since mm. then, it's just gone downhill, really. But mm. it's my home. I don't think I will move um, or I can't see myself moving back to Belgium or the food is good there. The food is good. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. we'll, see. we'll see how it works out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting. But did it like, just like feeling like less welcome what's the what was the kind of the, yeah, the... I, I don't know it's just it seems very subtle um you know it, for instance I mean I live in East London Whitechapel the demographic has completely changed uh, there's no more Europeans here you used to see a lot of Europeans here mm. there is none um but you know um it's like a vibe you know it, it seems further I think we were better sort of being closer tied to um, Europe. I think this country is turning more into a kind of an America. Mm -hmm. uh, an isolationist without the, thing. Mm. Without the space, you know, it just doesn't work. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And I think that, that there's some kind of, there's a loss to that connection, I believe. I really think. And I, th I think you see that in... in not necessarily in in the people but but you know maybe in the decisions that governments make about ties and everything like that and i've really i really feel that change and i think it's a it's a real shame 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all right, let's get back to the music. So, music. in the squat, if the band started, did you would you did, would you start writing songs together straight away? Did it come together pretty? Yeah, quick? yeah, we lit, yeah, we just went for it. We played a few gigs. I mean, we were, we were musically pretty inept, but um, varying degrees of uh, ineptness. Or um, I think one of the our guitarists, the American one, she she could play, but you know, all the rest of us. I mean, you know, obviously, I was a singer, so. And but yeah, but we played three gigs, I think, and then we got offered a record deal. It was like, oh, okay. wow! <laughs> but yeah. so yeah, so we and it was uh, Nick Brown from Clawfist, and um, yeah. yeah, it was really fun. Um, what was good is that there were so many people doing the same thing. So you know, playing mm. we were always playing with with loads of bands. Obviously, the the Huggy Bear and the. Mm-hmm. You know, but all the all the bands on to Pure Ouija, that kind of thing, the connection. There was the three of us mm-hmm. sort of thing that was had some kind of quite close, maybe um, geographic thing. I think they were all located around sort of the West London, Notting Hill area. So um, I mean, talking like I'm, I'm trying to, I mean, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a, I'm a nerd for record label shit. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the the time timelines right. The bands like I mean, Hug Huggy Bear, right? Um, also, like Biss and Stereo Lab, they were kind of all on those labels, right? Well, Biss kind of formed because of us. Like we went to Scotland, and they and they were like, what do you mean? They were younger. They they were in the audience, uh, and mm. that's how they started. Mm. Uh, oh, really? So they came to see Mambo Taxi and formed Biss. Correct. Yeah, because I that's remember amazing. very well. They, we played a gig in Paisley, you know, which is like where the hell are we? Mm-hmm. You know, it was like the roughest shithole on the planet. But mm. they they were at that gig. And I think pretty much they were the only audience, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm uh, I'm famous on the podcast for being a big Biss fan. So that's oh, really yeah. cool to hear. Yeah. Well, you've got <laughs> yeah. me to thank for that. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. I love that. Right. <laughs> well, you know, I wouldn't be too big-headed. But anyway, I'm sure they would have done it without us. Um, I, I actually really... Really don't. I mean, I I'm 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 quite cynical of nature, but I always you know when people say, oh, the music, you know, they wouldn't be blah de blah without blah de yeah. blah. I I think no, that's rubbish. <laughs> right, right, right. But I you know, know it, it. Yeah, there are those you know, sparks. Because... You know, if you can't see it, you can't be it. Kind of thing. Do you know what I mean? There is there is that, of course, yes. But I think. There is so much that you don't see or don't know. There's always like, oh, wow, why didn't I know about this band? You know, like you still discover yeah. music that you think, oh, never heard of these. What You know, it's just crazy. Yeah. It's just, with this, doing yeah. this podcast, it happens like on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. Just, um, so, I, you know, yeah, it's great. You know, so people pick up things, but you know, I, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm not here. Like, um, I think it's great. Like, um, it, it was absolutely really good fun to be part of this, and it, and it was because of everyone that was involved in it. And it was, uh, you know, all the bands that were doing it as well, and all the connections that were made, and you know, and it's like you see, sort of, you kind of see that on Facebook. Like, maybe I don't really go on Facebook anymore, but you see the connections. Mm. People and it's like, oh yeah, that's you know, mm. that that's like play plays out on that sort of thing. But um, it, do you still keep in contact great. with anyone from that kind of scene? Well, 
Yeah, 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 definitely. You know, I mean, there's this one festival in London, which I find quite crazy. It's the Clerkenwell Festival. Mm. And every year it's like, that's the the day where I see everyone from the 90s because <laughs> <laughs> everyone goes there. But, you know, I still have contact. Yeah, I do. Uh, last year I did quite a few sort of Lexington pub quiz with some members of Mama Taxi. And, you know, I still mm. see people. Um, mm. I would say that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Um, I mean, they Mamba Taxi are often got called a, a a riot girl band. I mean, were you are you comfortable with that 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 tag? Well, I'm comfortable with it now because it kind of sounds quite cool, doesn't it? To be like, <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was in yeah. The first wave, you know, like I was there, like kind of thing. Yeah. You you uh, the older you get, the more sort of vintage like you could call yourself. <laughs> sure. But um. So, yeah, I mean, at the time, you know, obviously, um, you know, and people always do that. You know, they always claim they don't want to be pigeonholed and no, we're mm. not. You know, uh, um, it's weird that that the it's kind of like the way you should be right that you don't want to. It's because you're a musician. You're like, I'm, I'm the fucking coolest of the planet. So you're always going to say, unique. fuck that. Yeah. Uh, I don't yeah. want to go with that corporate bullshit or that name <laughs> or whatever. Um, um, and of course, because they, these terms are often coined by people on the periphery who want no more. Like, they want to be in the band, but you're the one in the band and you're saying, fuck you. Like, <laughs> I don't want to mm. listen to what you have to say. You know, so mm. it's all that. It's all mm. that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I think it, it did have connotations as well, I guess, with at the time, you know, because because it was rough being being a girl. I, it still is, as we talked about. But mm-hmm. um, because they had to rail against quite a lot of crap, you know, and mm-hmm. then to be labelled for that um, was kind of wearing, you know, like, why does it mm-hmm. matter what gender I am? I'm playing music, you know, but you mm-hmm. constantly were were kind of um reminded of like oh you're a girl man you're a girls in band I mean, how, like, did you get that like what's it like to be a girl in the band those kind of bullshit questions did you yeah, get those oh, a lot const- yeah, constant. I mean, what, what the fuck do you say to that kind of question what what's well, you can't <laughs> like, and, you know so you were very much judged on 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 yeah on your gender and like oh ooh, mm. you you know it, it was very tiresome it got mm. and i think that's the main reason why we got so fed up with it and talking mm. about it and mm. why it go like, yeah. Yeah. But I think like a lot of people don't realize like the politics came before the music in, in Riot Girl, you know, and it was, it was integral to the whole thing. I mean, how, how important was feminism or feminist politics to, to the battle, to you, to the band? Well, to me personally, it was very like, you know, like I said, I, I didn't come to London, you know, like with a, like a blank slate. Like, you mm. know, I had had years of protesting, you know. I didn't do nothing else before, you know, mm. like I was mm. always in a protest. And, and mm. uh, in fact, protesting seemed to be more a more of a way of life there than it is here. People do protest, but I think they're a bit more, you know, yeah, people in Belgium are a bit more vigilant uh, or militant even, you know. Mm. It was very important to me. Um, mm. Yeah, so but I think a lot of that kind of anti-capitalist stuff didn't have that much interest in kind of feminist issues or things no. like that. 
no, 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 that's true. That's true. I think it's it's very difficult because, uh, you know, of course, I would call myself a feminist 100%. I'm, I'm mm. really, you know, it's very difficult because, um, you know, there, there were like street protests by women, you know, on the street and they were fighting for, you know, their re reproductive rights and, and everything like that. And it really still makes my blood boil, especially since, you know, we're, we are going backwards. But luckily, like, you know, people, the world is such that, you know, you know, it's almost impossible for a woman to have children now, even if they want them. But anyway, that's a different story. But, you know, to be, it, it, it's what I'm saying is within a music contest context, because we just wanted to play music. We just enjoyed playing music together. And we, we didn't want to constantly going on about the feminist thing, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so that that was a difficult thing to manage sometimes, you know, I think. I think Bikini Kill that probably did it very good. You know, they, yeah. were, they were very political, written, but also musically very exciting and managed mm. to find that balance a bit better than, than mm. um, you know, I find it, I find it generally. And I wasn't sort of interested in bringing it out on a music forum. I was like, I just want to be an entertainer, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you get to meet and hang out with uh, Bikini Kill or Bratmobile or any of the American bands? Yeah, I think we supported Bikini Kill. Yeah, I mean, but it wasn't like we had a huge sort of. I mean, I think other girls in the band. I don't want to speak to them, but I think they had more of a thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's my memory is not that great, so um, you know, I'm trying. <laughs> but yeah, you know, we we did play together absolutely, and I I still find them quite an exciting band. You know, to listen oh, uh, to again another 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 one of my favorites. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do, because I, I did see them at Brixton and they didn't mention us on stage and I was quite blown away by that, you know. They oh, wow. They taxi on stage. I think that gig was in 2019. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, and they, you know, they just, I, I, you know, it was completely out of the blue. I was there as a as a punter. I wasn't there. Mm. Like, I'm part of this, you know. I, I was there to, to look at them, so I didn't expect that. That's that amazing. Pretty, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I never got to see. I've seen. I've seen like. I still like La Tigra like three times or something. I never got to see Bikini Kill though. Oh, yeah, I really like La Tigra as well, yeah. actually. And I, they were playing down the road from here not that long ago. Was mm. it La Tigra? I can't remember. Or, or it was Bikini Kill at mm. the Troxy actually, in my street because I I live in uh, Shadwell. So wow. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, but yeah, okay, but you weren't that engaged with like what's going on in America and all of that. You weren't like sending off for zines and all that kind of stuff. No, I wasn't actually. No, yeah. I think on that thing, I wasn't that, you know, in, no, not in that way. No, I think other people were probably a bit more because I was very, I was very much into it. I want to be in a band to play in a band. I didn't want all that other yeah. stuff that came with it. Yeah. Sure, sure, sure. Well, in speaking of that, then, can you talk a bit about the the kind of the the sixties kind of garage rock sound that's uh, in your band? I'm 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 in in Japan. I've been living here for a very long time. There's a great tradition of kind of female garage rock, garage punk bands over here. Um, can you talk a bit about that part of your sound, which I really love about the Mambo Taxi sound? Yeah, well, you know, and that part is actually not much to do with me, to be oh, honest. Okay, okay. That sound that sound was very much 
a kind of a thing that when that wasn't part of where I was from and when I came here it was a sound that I sort of I thought oh wow inter interested in people are mixing that up with with mm. uh, they were you know 60 60s garage uh and um I was quite happy to to be uh, involved in that but I didn't it didn't come from me <laughs> okay 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 and I'm sorry to disappoint you on that one. No, I mean, that's mainly, right. Mainly, I I I was the lyric writer, you know, mm. and um, uh, you know, um, we sort of wrote together. We just uh, put the put the music together, and that was definitely a massive influence. And I think a lot to do with Angeli and 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 stuff like that. They they were very much into you know go, going to the frat check and all of that kind of thing. And uh, I don't know that that's. Uh... Club, well, this was, was a club. This was a club at the time, and that was a very mm. sort of sixties go-go um, kind right. of sound. Yeah, garage yeah. sound. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a video on YouTube of you playing in um, Leicester, I think, and um, you do a cover of "Have Love Will Travel" uh, in there, great, yeah. and it, it sounds yeah, great. Yeah. It sounds great. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's really fun to play it. To play it, actually. Um, you know, but like I said, it, it didn't really come from me that. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Well, let, let's talk about the lyrics then, because there's there's some heavy shit in the in those yeah. lyrics. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I a suppose, song. Yeah. Go on, go on. Yeah, and they're, 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 it is pretty heavy, and um, and I I wrote all my song. That's maybe that's why it's it's something that I haven't done because I just literally just went, Bleh, you know. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty heavy, you know, there's like, um, I remember because I wrote about, you know, um, being sexually abused as a, as a child and stuff like that's that. a little bit youth, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. And, um, you know, and I remember we drove up to Manchester once to a radio show. I think it was Mark Radcliffe, you know, it was live. Again, that's on YouTube. Yeah, I was listening to that. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and, uh, and, you know, and. I think he introduced a song or or, or or whatever it came on. But and afterwards he was like, well, I don't know. I don't know what to say after that. And you're just like, it's, it, it's, it, it's difficult topics. And often people just want to like, oh yeah, just, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, did you, um, did you enjoy making people uncomfortable? Well, I made myself uncomfortable. I was going to say, you have to sing it night after night. That must have been... Fucking yeah, it was. It was, easy. but you know what? And the the one thing I will say is that uh, the support I got from my bandmates to do it is was actually the the main thing that um that they made it possible for me to do mm. that. So I will always be grateful for that. Uh, mm. And uh, yeah, and it's important to talk about these things. You know, I mean, yeah. Um, and it, it's very difficult not to feel a sense of shame around it because it happened to you and that happens mm. to people a lot um mm -hmm. and and to overcome that i think yeah you you have to put it out there but it's yeah. not easy it's not it's no. not easy and um you know i'm i'm quite proud that i did it you know that's uh, but like i said for me the main thing was that i i was with people who supported that as well yeah it's great it's great interesting yeah. um how about the um, the the song about Brit from Suede? So, do you think do you think I don't know? Do you think that would be seen as a bit problematic these days? Yeah, Jesus. 
<laughs> so, well, for the, for the listeners, for the listeners, let me get the title right. It's Brett from Suede. It's about time you got laid by a man. Um, I mean, I mean, what, what's what's your take on it? Oh, I mean, you know what? I think it was just like because he was just going on about like how gay he was without being gay, mm. I suppose. Mm. And, you know, you know, when you go back to and I think it was a, a kind of, you know, stop jabbering on about it because I, I recently, you know, came up on to some material and I realized and it still is, but how fucking awful it was to be gay, you know, mm, 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 um, got beaten up, you know, way more, uh, way more chance of even getting murdered, you know, just for being gay, you know, yeah, and yeah. I guess because we had a lot of we also had a lot of gay friends and you know I think we we were just sort of a bit fed up with, with him being pretending to mm -hmm. be gay which wasn't gay and I think that's that's all it was it was like just to highlight the fact look it's not it's not a picnic being gay in any shape mm -hmm. or form and it still isn't you know and mm -hmm. it was it was to give that message that I think was he was it. pretending I, I don't know, but he, you know, yeah, it was, you know, was playing up uh, with it a mm. little bit. I don't know, is mm. it, but does it matter? Do you know what I mean? I think, I think we felt his attitude was a bit shit around it, you know. Mm. Yeah. And uh, yeah. and and we came from, you know, of a group and a background of like, you know, we knew what it, you knew what it, we knew what it was like to the, you know, it wasn't a, yeah, it's a really difficult thing. So we had a lot of gay friends and. That, mm. that was our support, you know. Yeah. Did you ever run into him? Did you ever speak to him? No. <laughs> <laughs> Probably one of the few, maybe. I, I, I never sort of ran into. And I was a pr pretty gobby person. Um, I would definitely <laughs> go up to people and tell them to fuck off and everything. I'm not proud of that. But yes, I did do that quite a lot. <laughs> uh, anyone in particular? Yeah, well, I'm not. No one stands to mind. Maybe, uh, you know, Liam Gallagher was really rude to me once. Uh, oh, go on, tell the story. No, it was not a story. I just bumped into him in a nightclub, um, and he was rude to me because he was like, "Oh," because I was a little bit like, "Oh my god, is that Liam Gallagher?" And he was like, "Shut your mouth" or something like that. So, you know, like because I was a bit like that. <laughs> I would be really sad. Yeah, I, don't I would want to talk be. about him. I hate Oasis, by the way. Okay, move on. Move on. Okay, that's all right. That's all right. Um, uh, yeah. So, um, the band broke up '95. Is that right? I mean, did 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 anything so. happen to kind of hasten the demise, or did was it just time? Well, I think they were. I I I was sort of. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I think they were fed up with me. I think they did a tour. <laughs> they went on tour without me because I. They were like, "Look, we're going on tour. We don't. We, mm. we don't want." To. I was like, "But I'm the lead singer." <laughs> I think I just had a bit of ideas above my station or something. I don't. I don't know what happened. You know, the, the, this kind of shit happened. I I was yeah. living with Mark Keds at the time, who's mm. all sort of um, breaking up with his band or whatever. Mm. It was a very mm. strange time, but uh, obviously uh, living together as as partners or as yeah we were at the time still mm. yeah and then mm -hmm. we ended up in a band together and then Job. our relationship yeah that's right and then the relationship broke up 
and uh, then we, we 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 went in that band. I mean, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, because he was a very driven person. He he was a hustler, basically. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wouldn't. He talented in 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 definitely in certain ways. Um, you know, extremely dark character as well. Mm. Uh, as as you mm. must know, he's, he's yeah. gone now. You know, he he spent about. 30 years killing killing himself but um yeah um he opened a lot of doors at the time because he just had come off being uh with a um um record deal with sony mm. so you know he did have a lot of connections but we never mm. actually managed to get a record deal with that band so we did right do... you formed your own record label right is that right we did yeah we did do our own record label uh because he had a he did have a lot of connections so it was fairly easy to do that to be honest and then we did get a publishing deal so mm. uh, unfortunately like because the things didn't really happen i think what he expected would happen like um it didn't really, I mean, I think we worked a lot and we worked really hard mm -hmm. and it was really funny because the other day I was walking past Britannia Rose Studios, which is in um, off Essex Road. And uh, yeah, we were in there all the time demoing, demoing because we we had that studio for free. So we worked mm -hmm. so hard and I literally worked, we worked so hard on the songwriting and I think you know maybe because we were a three-piece and and that's really what we wanted to do you know we wanted to be like dual male female three-piece um mm. but for some reason like it, it wasn't clicking people weren't were having um in terms of like getting record deal and stuff like that so we did we never got that we never really got that money maybe that other people might have had. Mm. well if it's any consolation i went out the first the week it came out and bought a copy so. Oh, brilliant! No, and I, think, and it, you know, and it, we're thinking about it as well because the thing is, he was quite um, a, a forceful character. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, but we we worked uh, like um, creatively. We worked quite well together, like in the studio. It was really fun, always to be. And that record that's behind you, we did um, record that in uh, in um, on new sound. You know, um, so. Wow. Yeah, it was I mean, kind of mm -hmm. like, yeah, it was really, really, really fun to do, fun to work with. Absolutely. I remember it being like a really exciting kind of fresh sound when it came. I hadn't really heard anything like that. I mean, how did you come up with that that kind of well, combination I, like of sounds? Yeah, because I think Mark was listening to a lot of jungle at the time. Sure, sure. All those, all those nightclubs. I mean, it was a bit over my head. I was like. What do you see in that music? <laughs> but in, you know, all those clubs you go into and everything's dark and you can't see anything. <laughs> and and yeah. you can't even see who's there and then they play this fucking crazy music. Like I think he was doing that quite a bit, you know. And then, oh, let's just mix it up. So yeah, mm. it what it, it did see. I think it was too uh, because we 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 love the rock bands, you know, like uh, like stuff like Anastasia Screams and all that, all those kind of rock ba um, bands, like American guitar bands, you know. Mm. And then, but I guess we wanted to maybe create our own sound rather than just being another um, guitar based, mm. straightforward. And, and you know, and the thing is, that song was it wild? I mean, honestly, oh, so good, so good. I, that is just so fun to play like so fucking yeah. fun i mean yeah. i have 
yeah just play it playing that just it was so good to be able to be just heavy and wild and crazy and like you said that's got the dual vocals the male female vocals yeah. it just totally works yeah, yeah. We, we we did and and that's what we wanted to do it's a shame that um you know the thing about the thing about mark is he also had a very self-destructive streak so mm. uh, you know and he repeated this process after that band because you know that's early on right uh Joel, yeah. that was about yeah 96 yeah yeah you know and after that his life just fell off the cliff you know mm. um, and how much and, did you keep uh, in touch with him over there over the i was in touch with him a lot you know and uh because yeah up until but not not so much the last years like but he was living like literally two minutes from here oh um, really mm. Yeah, and that's where he died. Like uh, his girlfriend rang me when the morning he died. Please oh come, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Like it was COVID, and I went down there, and she came out, you know. And I was a bit like, "I don't want to see the body or anything like that." And anyway, luckily the police turned up, and um, you know, but it was COVID as well. I was like, "I don't want to end up with COVID." I didn't know what mm. he what he had died from anyway, mm. but. Um, but I mean, the thing is, I, it's very difficult for me to look back, even though like looking back because he did me a, a very bad turn as well, because one of the Jolt songs, uh, mm. was used on a Libertines track. Okay. And, really? Which, yeah. which one? <laughs> so there was a, a song mm. called hey, hey Kitten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and that song, uh, you know, it was very strange because I was listening to the radio one day and I thought, and it was the Libertines came on and I thought, mm. wow, that sounds familiar. Why does that sound familiar? Mm. And it was my lyrics. <laughs> oh, really? Anyway, what's the song? What's the, what's the well, Libertines song? Well, it was their, their number one hit song, basically. Can't Stand Me Now. Can't Stand Me Now, which is, yeah, that's yeah. the most, I guess it's the most famous song, right? So, and that song here, Mark ended up sort of getting uh, a third of the royalties for that. Mm. And I was like, and I've been trying to fight this. And, you know, I, it's been really for the hurt that I feel from that. Mm. Because, um, you know, you can, he basically spunked it all on heroin or whatever he was doing, crack, crack heroin. Yeah. But what what it's been very painful that you know after his death and everything, I did actually speak to his mother about it. She just turned around to me and told me to fuck off. Like mm. uh, I, I've been trying to get this sorted, and, and and you know, and I'm thinking I wrote that song. The only reason why that why why would he get royalties for that song? You know, mm. and it's just you know you're banging your head against the wall. But anyway. Yeah, uh, yeah, bit of a lost cause to be honest. <laughs> really, really, that's interesting. though. No, that's really interesting. It, you know, yeah. when you get into that, when you get into that, it's a murky situation. Oh, the more I'm learning about the music industry from doing this podcast, the more I can see what a fucking horrible yeah. place and it is. The right? Thing is, like, you know, we all go into it in a very naive, uh, kind of sense, but you know you're so dumb like honestly you're so so dumb and some people come out like yeah I don't know I and I, I feel quite angry because the thing is 
you know, I'm struggling like, you know, like an, every normal person is struggling. Like, you know, uh, I'm bringing up kids like, um, and you're just like, wow, you know. Mm. But he was like that. He was a very dark, devious, kind of a nasty, you know, he had a very nasty side to him. Mm. And yeah, you know, it, it, I got I got screwed over, you know, it happens every day. But um sure. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. The, 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 the thing is that the creative side of things with him was really good. And he was a very good partner in terms of, you know, um, uh, you know, being, you know, like Prince, like, you know, how I love Prince so much because he championed women, you know, in his, yeah. you know, so around him. And it was like, it's mm. so great to see you. You hardly ever see that, but he was kind yeah. of a bit like that as well. That that was sort of a good part of it. So mm. because it, it's it's very difficult as a woman sometimes to be taken seriously as an artist as a whatever. Um, uh, so uh, without being condescended or patronized or you know uh, everything like that. So sure, a voice yeah. and, that, and that and I have good memories of that. Yeah, okay. there's also a lot of. A lot of thing, but anyway. Sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Um, oh wow, I've kept you so long. I apologize. Okay, uh, one one more question, if that's okay. <laughs> um, basically, we ask every band member that we interview the same question, and it's it's a difficult question. But um, which other band from that era would you have liked to have been in, sir? My God, quite no, a few. I'm sorry. I mean, I really liked Minxus. I'm still, I still see them. Um, I don't know they them. Were like, yeah, they're a band on Too Pure. Um, okay. I, uh, I like them a lot. I mean, gosh. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, we we did actually end up sometimes playing in each other's bands, like as a as a sort of thing. Mm. Um, don't know that that's putting me on the spot but yeah that's, like, well, that's like, a great answer okay minx is it's, it's yeah. a band i don't know but it's, it's a great answer i'm so, i still feel very passionate about music i i still i i am a, a bit cynical about going to gigs and and what a mm. freaking rip off it all is you know like you know those this festival or whatever festival and there's a mm. gate you go only so far as that i mean what the hell you know when i think about yeah. oh my god the yeah. times when you know we were just down the front. I mean, I did, I did yeah. go and see Black Flag uh, uh, play in 2019 oh, at Cameron Palace. I, I just fucking, I just rocked out for like three hours. I just yeah. love that. Yeah, so, yeah. Do you do you listen to much new music? Well, I mean, new music. What what even is it? <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, I do. I do sometimes, but I mean, you know, when you when you're a parent, like my daughter really got into K-pop. I have to say, I got really thrown into that. Oh my no, god, it's huge over here. So yeah, I I know, I know. <laughs> you know. I I did go to quite a few gigs, and man, I got completely, you know, honestly, I yes, I was listening to the new album of this, the new album of that. So it's popular so, for a reason, right? It's you know, some good I stuff. find it hugely entertaining and. Um, yeah, I got really sucked into that one for a while. She's a bit over it now. I'm still listening to the new <laughs> album from Monster X or whatever, but um, sure. it was really good fun. But uh, cool. yeah, I'm trying to get back. <laughs> yeah.
back into the punk. Yeah, that's good. My New Year's resolution was to maybe to go and see a bit more shows and stuff like that. But yeah. Yeah, cool, cool. All right, thank you. I'm going to stop the interview. I'm going to press stop the recording if that's okay. Don't jump away just yet, though. There we go. Lenny Metz, Mambo Taxi. Joel, she's lovely, right? Yeah, really nice. I really enjoyed that one. Um, you were in your fucking element, weren't you? Which was good. To <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Oh, fucking hell, that's just like a dream interview. <laughs> Talking about feminism for an hour. Well, well, we didn't talk about it that much. But I thought it's really interesting. I like she was stuff about, you know, gender roles and stuff like that. It was um, it's really interesting to hear. Just before before we go into the rest of it, you can't just drop in stuff like social reproduction theory <laughs> without, <laughs> without giving it a bit of explanation well. for us. You, you're saying it as if everyone knows what you're talking about. Social reproduction <laughs> theory. You're, gonna, you're just sort of saying, look at me, look how much I know about feminism. I'll drop this in. Well, it's a form of like feminist Marxism that looks about how like capital is is reproduced in society. So like one of the main kind of ideas behind Marxism is that, you know, the worker needs to come to work every day in order to 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 make money for the capitalist. And in order to do that, they need to have like the bare minimum amount of money and, you know, nutrition in order to, you know, live to be able to get up and come to work. And what is overlooked in Marx's analysis is how that happens, basically, which is women do it. Women are the ones who are responsible for feeding and clothing and making sure that workers get to work on time, right? And a lot of this work is... You know, this is seen as a form of oppression, et cetera, et cetera. And okay. interestingly, Mambo Taxi had a had a song called uh, Push That, it's called Push That Pram Under the Train. And okay. um, I read uh, an interview with Lainey. She's talking about that song in particular. And um, is she, it Lainey? she called. I've been saying Lenny. Did I say Lainey? I, said or it, I say at the start of the interview, then I think it's Lainey. And um, in that, she called it invisible labour, um, which is basically what social reproduction theory analyzes. It's the invisible labour that goes into reproducing, you know, capitalism and, and the workers. Yeah, and I that's mean, social reproduction although, theory. although we were taking the piss out of you, it's, um, it, was, <laughs> it, it was really interesting. Uh, and I think she spoke about, um, yeah, she said that it's frustrating that it's still an issue in society still that um women's place in society same same shit different day it's still the same as it was sort of back then for her daughters you know yeah yeah and just the idea that you know she'd love to be doing music but she's got to take care of the kids and have a job and it's not you know you just don't have time basically even if you've got the money you haven't got the time you know i I wrote about that here because i found that really interesting that um yeah, because of their role as a predominant child carer, the, the whole sort of careers get stifled. And I always, I, I knew about this in terms of people on the career ladder, blah, blah, blah. But I never thought of it in terms of music, but I guess it's the same. You haven't got time to do the music if you're looking after You need to read some time. social reproduction theory, man. It's all well, in maybe there. I do, maybe I do. <laughs> yeah. Makes sense, does make sense. I, I found it really interesting. Yeah, I... I went on um, parental leave for six months when I was in Sweden. Oh, you got about you get about a year, year in Sweden, Sweden though, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. 
but you know, I experienced what it's like. You go back and you're just completely out of the loop on everything. Mm. So it's not just again, don't you? Yeah, it's not just that um, maybe you don't get the good jobs or you get paid worse. I mean, it's because you just get you just get um, left behind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Things move on while you're away. But I thought it was interesting that in in terms of music, like I never really thought about that before. That you know you might have all these amazing female songwriters that haven't been able to write the music they want because they're too busy raising children and stuff. You know. Yeah, she said that that men seem able to focus a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Because they're able to not give a fuck about what's going on around them, whereas yeah, yeah, often. A mother would just not be able to do that. Even if you've got huge artists, say like, I don't know, Pink, say Pink, she's got a daughter. And I'm guessing when her daughter was younger, she had to spend most of her time looking after her daughter, raising her daughter, which, you know, doesn't leave much time to do to invest in writing your music and stuff. Thank you know. God. Sure, she's probably got a few <laughs> Yeah, it's a bad example. <laughs> shit like that, but yeah. yeah. It's a bad example. I know example, what you mean. But you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I know what you mean. It's the first one I could think of, female yeah. artist. Yeah, so that, that I did find that interesting. I also found it really interesting. I don't know much about it, but you obviously know about the, that whole sort of squatting culture of the late 80s. Only what I've read about it, um, but yeah, it's, a, it's a, kind of an era that kind of fascinates me. Which is the idea that you could you could live on on the dole, and it was you know you could make you could take that time to be creative and find you know who you were as a musician or whatever because there was that safety net to be able to do that, and there was you know legal framework that allowed you to to. To, to be a squatter and stuff like that. So I'm, I'm yeah, I'm, mm. I'm interested in that that kind of era. Yeah, because you know? uh, Jeremy Levler spoke about it as well when we spoke to him. Mm. Um, yeah, it is interesting. You can't, that, well, you just can't do that anymore, can you? But I don't know, squatting, is it? I don't know about the, the ethics of it, whether it's wrong or right. I don't know. But the side effects of it were great, weren't they, for a culture? Yeah, I mean yeah, now those yeah. people just have to be at home with their parents, not yeah. mixing with their friends. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. But speaking of parents, that that Velvet Youth song, mm. yeah, that was luckily one of the four that I was I could hear. That's I'm full on, on right? But that was step parents, right? Yeah. Mm. Mm. yeah. Do you want to explain to people that might might not know, Dave? She does talk about it in the. She did talk about an interview, but not in detail. I think it, she was talking about Velvet Youth, mm. just about a, an experience of being abused by who I assume. Yeah, I think a step it was step father. Yeah, mm. we were talking about last week when we spoke to Ed Smash. Uh, mm. He was brave talking about his experiences with suicide and dealing with his friends suicide and all that sort of, but this again this is it's, you know to put that out there is something else isn't it really yeah yeah it's really brave um, but like she said she said she she probably wouldn't have done it without the support of the rest of the band and yeah and that, which is which is really nice to hear you know yeah i love that i mean that's what music should be like that right music should be like bearing your soul right it, I think it should. 
my life that and I, I doubt, doubt many musicians really lay it all bare quite like that you know no and you know you shouldn't be forced to but yeah if, if no 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 yeah. no no I didn't force anyone to I didn't say that <laughs> I'm not claiming you did. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. You know, you implied I said that everyone should be forced <laughs> to talk about everything. I, I did not imply a, a single thing. You had to get your bis reference in, didn't you? Oh fuck, one. man! I love that story. <laughs> it was so good. I bet you pissed yourself when you heard that, didn't you? I literally pissed myself. Yeah. I bet you fucking yeah. did, you little bastard. It's great. It's great. This going to see them and then forming a band. That's so cool. Yeah, no, it was interesting, I, you know. But yeah, I, as soon as you mentioned it, I thought, oh, here we go. Fucking. <laughs> I didn't know she was going to say that, did I? I? I knew that they, She, I think she mentioned in the, the Mark Radcliffe thing that they were there. I bet you fucking did. I bet you, I bet you, I like had a chat with her before and said, oh, have you got any good piss stories that we can put in here? And I can talk about them too. Nah, well, it did, did make me very, very happy though. It's great. See your little face light up. <laughs> Guilty. It was quite, I thought the bit where she was talking about how everyone constantly went on about how, well, reminded her that she was, she was a girl in a band. And it was just like, all right, what do you want me to, what do you want me to say? Sort of thing. Yeah. 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 Um, it's that, yeah, there's nothing to say, is there? Uh, even with all of my claims of, of feminism, you know, I, I, when I gave the rundown uh, before the interview, I, I described them as all female. Why would I have done mm. that? You know, I wouldn't have said all male yeah, band, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's, it's a weird one. It's difficult. You fucking arsehole. <laughs> you're calling me a misogynist. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were really fucking disrespectful to her. <laughs> well, have, actually, yeah, I take it back. Me and Dave should have done the interview. You fucking just, you're just rude. That's very insensitive of me. I apologise. I thought a bit about Brett Anderson was really interesting. So I wanted to get into this a bit deeper, but I kind of sensed a little bit of um, of prickliness, so I kind of backed away a little bit. She probably regrets it, right? She probably regrets Uh, that. I don't know if she regrets it. It didn't seem to from, from what she said, but, I mean, I think it's slightly problematic. I thought she had a good point, personally, if you want to have a fight about it. Okay, but, you know, bisexual people shouldn't have to prove their bisexuality to, especially the straight people, right? Most bisexual people have not had sexual experiences with people of, you know, different genders. Maybe they're attracted to them, but most people don't have that experience because they don't have the opportunity. But you shouldn't have to prove yourself, right? I think, I think, yeah, I get, yeah, I think her point though was it was really fucking hard to be gay in the sort of 80s, 90s. Mm-hmm. And he kind of, I don't know, he, he put put forward this sort of, I don't know, rose tinted is the right word, but. A bit like uh, cultural appropriation, perhaps, where you say it kind of nicks someone else's culture. Yeah, kind of. Normally it's in with race, isn't it? But. Yeah. With yeah, sexuality. yeah, 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 and I, I think I guess he did do that, right? I don't know. I don't Not know. Sure. It's a difficult one. It is a difficult one, actually. It's more, but more the more I think about it, the more I don't know. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. I thought it was interesting, mm. anyway. 
I, I do mm. find those sort of conversations interesting in general. So I, I think it's slightly problematic personally, but there, there you, you wanted go. a fucking scoop, didn't you? <laughs> no, I didn't want any scoop. Oh, so you knew it. Uh, you wanted... knew it was problematic, and you brought it up anyway. I, I said my opinion. My opinion is that it's problematic. I'm not saying it is. I'm just saying my own opinion. That's all. The level of disrespect you show our guests, <laughs> it really is unbelievable. So going on from that, obviously, she said some things about kids. That was really interesting because she said a lot, both pos- positive and negative. Yes, she did. It was balanced. You could tell there was a really complex, interesting relationship there. They, well, they, they, you know, they had a relationship, so, it, mm. it, it, you know, there's, it's going to be different from someone who just knew him, right? She, she it was really interesting to hear that on the, on the day he died, um, Kez's partner called her and she went round to mm. the house. That's That was... Um, Really interesting to hear. Eh? We did have a chat about this before because we weren't sure whether it was we should put everything out from interviews, but we decided we should because I don't think we should start censoring our interviewees or deciding which bits people should listen to and shouldn't listen to. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. Obviously, Keds isn't here to, Mark isn't here to put forward his his response on any of anything she said but there's not not much we can do about that unfortunately but oh because i i did find a bit about the uh the libertine song really interesting yeah Um, yeah you know but yeah oh i do feel for all that i mean what a nightmare and there's nothing she can do about it yeah because he's gone really so she'll never get uh yeah never get it recognized i did listen to this song and there's yeah, there's no cre- there was no credit f- Eve either for Keds on it. I think there is. No, that's the that's the problem. He he gets the he got the royalties from it, but she yeah did. yeah. Yes. But I didn't see his name on it either. But oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely knew that he was he was credited on that song. She also said that she loved playing music with him because he championed women and and yeah. those sort of things. You know so. That's, I mean, that goes right back to our first interview with Ben, where he said, you know, he, he believes that Census Things were a feminist band. Yeah, yeah. And she, conf- she confirmed it, but that's, you know, that's one of the things really that drew her to, to playing with him. But, um... She used the word uh, hustler to describe him. What do you think she meant? Just that he was driven and yeah, doing anything so. he could to get success and stuff? Yeah, I think it's like, well, I think at, in the first episode I talked about him being being like Kurt Cobain in that respect like you know getting his music out there sending out the demo tapes you know doing the work hustling it up um yeah which is it's kind of exactly the same picture that, that I think Ben painted of him as well yeah yeah the, yeah he was sort of the driving force behind it it seems like he's a driving force in most of the bands that he was in he was just uh, very focused and driven on success I thought there was um a high level of good stories in that interview not that yeah, there are others but she was very interesting that's it for this episode of Laney Mets from Mambo Taxi Jolt if you have enjoyed it please do give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube and leave us a comment below let us know if you've got any memories of Mambo Taxi or Jolt or just uh, that whole Riot Girls scene leave us a comment below start a conversation episodes weekly at the moment but subscribe to the channel and then uh, you can be the first to watch them 
if you're listening, please do rate, review, do all that sort of thing. Do whatever it asks you to do. It really helps us in getting the podcast found. Luke, mixtape. Well, um, there's only one Mambo Taxi song on Spotify, and it's it's yeah. not their best song, to be honest, but uh, that's on there. And also, I I made the executive decision not to include the, the Libertine song that she talked about. Um <laughs> Out of out of respect for for, for her, so because um, she won't yeah, get money yeah. for it. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some there's some good stuff uh, on there. Um, uh, yeah, very kind of um, heavy. A bit a bit of Riot Girl, and um, because I mentioned it, I, I took the excuse to put some some Japanese kind of uh, garage punk uh, bands on there as well. There's some fucking bits on there, aren't there? There is, there is a bit of bits on there. Yeah, hoping yeah. for a bit of K-pop as well. Yes, there's a bit of K-pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. At the end, oh. yeah. Um, next week we got uh, Tim Dorney from Flowered Up, which is a good one, and Republica. Republic and Republica, sorry, yeah. We're looking forward to sharing that one with you. That's it for this one. See you in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were waiting for me. I was. I thought, I, I, yeah. <laughs>